bourbon, bullets, and badasses. Where the spirits flow, the ammo is dry, and there's always a badass with a story the world needs to hear. Well, my apologies. Welcome to the show. I know it's been a good two weeks. Last thing I did was the uh, 9-11 episode. I did that alone. But we're back. Got Chris back. Say hi, Chris. Welcome, welcome. All right. Today, who wants to go first? All right. Introduce yourself, my friend. Oh, hey, my better. name is James Scallon. I served in the United States Marine Corps, uh, 2-7 Weapons Company. All right. Thank you for your service, my friend. My pleasure. Thank you. And with him, we have another veteran. I'm Brittany Corio. I served in the Army. Yeah? How many years? Six years. Did Either way, one of you want to tell what tours you did? My first tour was landing in Kuwait of uh, 04 on Valentine's Day. And my second tour, we left from California on the 4th July of 05. Two holidays. That's easy way to remember them. What can you do? <laughs> it's not you get the my call, control. you answer. Right. I hit boot camp for the Navy December 21st of 92. You know what my Christmas present was? Or our Christmas present on Christmas in boot camp? water. wake up call? No. No, actually, we got to go to the soda machine. 85 guys had a total of 15 minutes to stand in line, choose your soda, get it out of there. And consume it. You better have a, your selection made up. Oh, yeah. Don't be last in line. Brittany, about, how about yourself, dear? I went to Iraq, 06 to 07. And she also got pulled active for Katrina. Yeah. Before, that was before they did Hurricane Katrina in Louisiana when they did martial law. Yeah, she was there while they declared martial law. I gotta be curious about that. What's what was your thoughts on the whole martial law thing? I was a mess there, so I don't know really what they could have did instead of that, but it was pretty messed up. Well, all right. The reason that uh, we brought you in, James, is during your time in the service, uh, you did end up with PTSD. Is that correct? Yes. All right. Are you uh, you interested in telling what brought that on? Anything at all? Details or big picture? Maybe a trigger. I don't. I still don't know what my triggers are. To be honest with you. Um. Honestly, it. I don't know. I just got out of the Marine Corps, and I. Started having issues with my anger, with anything and everything pissing me off. And 
I don't know. I've been battling it ever since I got out in 06. Would you consider yourself recovered? No. No? That's a, that's a big word for PTSD is recovery. And I don't think I've heard it's curable, but in my mind it's more of a myth. All right. Well, the reason we brought you, out, brought you in was to, to help educate the public. Uh, you know, everybody hears all the talking points. Everybody hears what's made public knowledge. What they don't hear is personal experience going through it. Well, that's a battle. That's an everyday battle. Some days are a lot easier than others. For example, was it about three weeks ago? I mean, out of the blue, I started hearing gunfire and bombs go off in my head. It doesn't matter if I was with somebody or who I was around or if I was driving down the street. And as a Marine, that honestly carry a gun in my car, especially with all the BS that's going on, on around the, our country now. Um, it's... I'm, you're just afraid the worst thing you want to do is hurt somebody that's innocent so, in my head. So when you have an episode, do you have flight or fight? I mean, do you do you feel the need to, to act out, or do you just I resist it? it. I, I definitely suppress it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You just... I mean, are you saying you're leaning, you lean more toward the freeze versus fight or flight? I, I don't. You freeze, you're dead. But... You just you just kind of deal with it. I mean, it's like sometimes you know some people with. I the best way for me to explain is being like bipolar on meth or crack. Is just it just it can go haywire at any second, and what relieves me is you know staying out of my head, um, being around people that are positive. Um, going to church that's a big thing you just you just kind of need that hope and that you just need that hope and that guidance that you know everything's gonna be okay I guess it's that security blanket now I know everybody's hearing the noise yes the dogs are in because they they're dogs hey they knew we had company all right y'all get done saying hi Cute dogs. Yeah. All right, prices averted. Dogs put away. Uh, what's the next question there, brother? Chris? So, I, you know, I just... I can only imagine. I can't relate. But... What are some of the things you do? Because repressing too much for too long is is very dangerous. Absolutely. What do you do to relieve stress? I go shooting. You go to the range. I go to the range and shoot it out. Like yeah. For example, previously to this, my my father passed away, and so um, 
Brittany, myself, and my son, we went to a shooting range and we popped off what four hundred rounds, mm-hmm. and it's just. I don't know. It's just the marine in me, but no. I mean, I like I'm a shooter. I, I love I love to shoot and blow stuff up. So I uh, mean, it's a big stress reliever. Um, talking about it, but you when you have PTSD, especially this type, you know. I also call like I also keep in contact with a few of the brothers I served with. Yeah, she calls them battles. Battles. Yeah. Someone who was deployed with like you, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I just talked to them, and you know, they talked me through it, and you know, they do the same. You know, if they give me a call, I know it's important. I need to take that phone call. Yeah. Um, we just we hang out. We do as much as we can together, and you know, life's busy, but you know, bro- the brotherhood never ends. Do y'all meet up like once a year or anything like that? I met up with one one here uh, lives here in Northwest Houston, mm-hmm. and he was a sniper I used to go out with, and he's just he seems to we speak the same language, right? And we just like my mom at this past Memorial Day, and I called him up and be like, "Hey, we need to hang out," and he's like, "Roger that, come over." There's no. He even he didn't have to, but he told his wife and his kids to, you know, step back. And we hung out and we had a couple of drinks. We grilled. We talked about some really serious stuff mm-hmm. that's been haunting us. Um, I mean, he has a lot more experience than I do with that because he did what, 15, 16 years. He right. ended up jo- he ended up going from Marine Sniper, changed branches to the Army, went Special Forces, went through a bunch of schools, and mm. next thing you know, he was Special Forces. I guess that's just how it goes. Um, so he did more time and little. But he was experienced a lot. Things, like every two years or whatever. Yeah, we also do. We have a, a organizations out organization out of Camp Pendleton. They're called Semper Five Fund, and every three years we have a reunion. You and, feel like that helps? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, they go through classes for PTSD. Um, they explain it. Uh, like, we had our old first sergeant join us. We have our old, you know, some people are junior to you, some people are senior to you, but... You know, we all do it together, and we're all brothers. Like, I probably have 30 of them in my phone right now. I can give a call at any second of the day. doesn't matter if it's early in the morning. or Yeah, it's, it's important to have those connections. You you have to have that, that outlet, because talking to a normal civilian, it's it's not going to happen. Like, I, I mean, I know to normal civilians... But you tend to freak them out. Even my therapist at the VA, I tend to freak them out from time to time. This is what I'm experiencing. This is blah, blah, blah. And I'm completely open and honest. He looks at me like I'm... Ready to snap his neck. He's just... He's like, basically, holy shit. Um, 
you know, but when you talk to another veteran that you served with or has been through the same thing or even worse, you know, it's just like you greet each other with open arms and... Yeah, there's a bond, for sure. No, there's a, it's a brotherhood. Yeah. Straight up a brotherhood, and you just kind of go with it. Like when I was hearing the gunfire and the bombs go off, the first person I call was the guy right here I have contact with, right here in Houston. Right. And we talked for about maybe an hour. You know, we didn't... He was off in Beaumont, and he's a busy guy. So he tends to keep himself busy and productive and in a positive light. And the first person I reached out to was him just because we went through what we went through together. And, you know, he helped guide me and, okay, this is the mindset you need to have. I mean, he's got PTSD worse than I do. Um, He just, he helps me. I have yeah. another guy in Dallas that helps me. Um, both of them are actually senior to me. And they just, I don't know, we just talk it out. and We can be open and honest without judgment. That's a big thing. Because we don't really like to be judged right. for what we've done and what we've been through. I think, I really think the attitude has changed where the people returning home in Vietnam didn't kind of get that respect that they they earned whereas everyone after that really sort of we have a much better understanding i mean i got out in 06 and from my experience on getting out they don't they don't really Defilter. I don't know how to say it. They don't really no, no, bring I, you I, down I, to civilian life. Like I have a friend I work with mm-hmm. that he's an army veteran, along with Israeli army, and he compares it to. We just had the conversation maybe a week ago, and he's just he goes the Israeli army over a month, maybe forty five days, just brings you down before you get out. And I know when I was in, I can only talk about when I was in because I don't know what they do now, mm-hmm. but it's nothing like that. You no, have, yeah, you have a week of classes. Here's your options. Peace out. Yeah. And they, they release the handcuffs. You're free to go. Yeah. Then, then, we're, then yeah. we're released in civilian society. That, that and was we, a- ha- we have our We have our issues, no matter if you want to address them or not. And... You just kind of go through it. And there's a lot of points where you feel alone. You feel unloved. You feel like you're unlovable. And it just eats you alive. I do feel like a lot can't reintegrate. And then so instead of continuing on with family, they just re-up. Yeah, I almost re Because they understand that life. They know that life. And, you know, they get us. I mean, I went to boot camp in San Diego nine days after high, I graduated mm-hmm. high school. So that was the I only mean, I went life from, you knew. I went from, you know, living at home with mommy to, you know, first day of boot camp in the Marine Corps. Kill this, kill that, kill this, kill that. Like, killing is nothing. Right. It's another day at, at the office. And 
I mean, I don't regret what I did whatsoever. No, absolutely not. But, you know, they have that mind frame, then come back to civilian life where, you know, you have an argument or you have a fight with somebody and right. you're used to taking it to a completely higher level. And from there to the civilian life, is, is there's no, in my experience, there's no transition. Yeah, there's no reintegration. It's just like, okay, you know, they give you a pat on the back, you know, thank you for your service, peace out. And I think, I know our, our troops deserve better than that. I mean, for all the crap they go through, all oh, the... Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And... You know, I'm glad to see them, more of them, more of them come home. But we have to address the issues so we don't have, because a lot of people like me have been through, been been through our stuff, and you know, we 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 go straight to drugs. You know, there's like Camp Hope. I mean, that place does wonders, and a lot of those veterans are lost yeah you know and they don't have that guidance and that's what camp hopes for it's right here in houston i mean it's just an awesome place i mean i've been a couple times and i've almost went there myself just because i was in a very bad place you Mm -hmm. know they they start off by completely detoxing you and making you face your demons I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy whatsoever. Right. But you have to detox from whatever the meds the VA has on you and whatever street, call it street medication. But you have to completely detox and face your demons. You have to. There's no other way around it. And what I did when I went, I just went to visit a couple times and I saw and I heard these guys stories you know you go in there I mean as a combat veteran I go in there and I feel like home yeah I mean where they stay feels like a barracks where you know these guys are out in the smoke pit you know smoking and joking and BSing and whatever comes to mind and you know you discuss it you know, you're wrong. You're among brothers. There's no reason to hide anything. How yeah. long has it been since you've been out there? Uh, Rough guess. Nine months. Okay, so you've seen the Ibarra house that's out there, the big 52-bed facility? Oh, yeah. You realize who built that? No. His, he's a friend of mine, actually. His name is Russell Ibarra. You've heard of Gringo's Tex-Mex. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Gringo's Changas. is big out there, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Changas. Yeah, those are Russell's uh, companies, and he did that out of sheer love for the veterans and trying to help them. He is a huge... It's a beautiful place. Yeah, it is. I When I went out there and visited, I didn't get to go inside. I was only at the front office, but I, my, I saw the, uh, the photos of the construction process and them setting it up, and... I got to tell you, Russell Ibarra is by far one of the biggest contributors to Camp Hope. There is him and uh, Jim McInvale out at Gallery Furniture. Mm. Uh, they're it's a good man. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Mattress Mac. He's actually in the, he's got a GoFundMe set up right now that, uh, to raise, uh, they're, they're trying to raise $1 million and Mac put up the first 100000 of that million. And that's to try to keep, it's primarily for the salaries of the staff. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but a lot of the staff there is actually comprised of guys. veterans. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the guys who have already been through the You program. can tell. Yeah. As soon as you go there, you see the the mentors or instructors, if you will, however you wish to phrase them, and they're just, like, right on it. You can tell you just, I don't know, as a combat veteran, I just look at them, I can tell you. You know and, you got a friend. Oh, absolutely, and they're not about to take your BS either. They're going to get get right down to it. They're going to get, you know, it doesn't matter how much you fight it or try or let it out or fight against it, however you wish to put it, but they're going to get to the root, and some of those veterans go through that program multiple times just because, you know, what they've been through. And a lot of it stems to your childhood, honestly. Really? And from what I've learned, people with harder childhoods than others, mm-hmm. uh, when they join the military, they, you join the military because you need that structure in your life. Mm-hmm. And when you get there and you're like, oh, I'm going to be a badass, I'm going to go blow stuff up and shoot, and you know, I'm going to do that for a living, then when you get out, you know, Unless you go to construction, it's hard to do that. Right. But, you, I mean, you face it. And and what, from what I've learned personally, from what I've heard from other people's stories, this is people with bad childhoods. And at my past reunion in Orlando of last year, October of last year, I mean, the doctor, how the, uh, what do you call him, psychologist? Not psychiatrist, because they prescribe the meds. Yeah, but psychiat- uh, psychologists, how they say it is like, okay, when you're born, you have an empty glass. And every time something happens, say you see your parents fight, you know, you see, you know, whatever happens in your childhood that negatively, negatively influences you, you know, you have a glass that just slowly fills up. Well, all kinds of garbage, be it flat Dr. Pepper, stale beer. Uh, yeah, but it's, you know, from your high school, you lose your first love or, you know, that all adds into that glass. And by the time you reach boot camp and beyond, it just ends up getting your first firefight. You lose your first your first brother or sister. You lose so much and when that happens that glass is overfills and that's where PTSD comes from Hmm. and the only way to defeat it is to make your somehow make your glass bigger however you and you have to dig deep to find that out there's only way one way to find that out now y'all mind if we back up a little bit and uh fire when ready explain let's Explain the relationship here. Is everybody good with that? No, please. All right. So, Chris, you and Brittany were married, right? Yes. 12 years. All right. And, Brittany, you were in the service during that time. Is that correct? Yes. 
All right. And now you and James are together. Mm-hmm. Now, James, let me ask you. Well, actually, this is a question for both of you. Now, that, it, is it okay to say? All right. Uh, she doesn't want to talk about it, but Brittany uh, has gone through PTSD herself. But the question for the both of you is, uh, having somebody around all the time, does that help or hinder you? Somebody who's been through the same thing. At first, I want to say it hinders it until you open up and you're honest. And um, I, th- I believe it's brought us a lot closer together through our through that. So you know, going through our anxiety, going through all that, we know how to counter each other in a way that somebody else wouldn't or you know a friend wouldn't whatever how you whoever it is um we just i don't to me i just i feel like it you know once you open up and you acknowledge it and it it helps and i think for me like I think I kind of my way of kind of dealing with my PTSD and anxiety was I just suppressed it and ignored it and I think being like with him I've kind of had to face some things and it's kind of helped me understand me more yeah I'm pretty sure that ignoring it is probably the worst thing to do yeah like sometimes he'll talk about stuff that he does or reasons why he does things I'm like oh I do that too because we have the shared past of the military so and no. I didn't know it was the military or that that caused that. I just thought that's just the way I was. Do you, do you feel like that affected your marriage? I mean, possibly. Definitely in the beginning, for sure. Yeah, there was... Well, we were also newlyweds. <clears throat> Our honeymoon was uh, shipping her off. And uh, 18 months later, reintegration was very hard for both of us. Because neither of us knew how to deal with it. And we were newlyweds. Military doesn't really help with that. We have no. been married for almost two years and had no idea who each other was because yeah. we were been away from each other. So when did the kids come along? About a year after that. While going through PTSD that you were ignoring. Yeah. Mm. That and postpartum. Hey, but that first one. She mm. was easy. Yeah. Too easy. Mm-hmm. She oh. gave us false confidence and mm-hmm. we had the second one and she... She broke us. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm 26 years into raising girls number four and five. Oh, wow. Five girls raising girls for 26 years straight. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they all ask, well, when are you going to try for a boy? I like, no. Absolutely not. Three girls? No. <laughs> The second one broke me. I'm done. Mm-mm. Get a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I found out I was... Yeah, the second one was a girl. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going to go ahead and go get the vasectomy now. So, <laughs> so you don't have the major surgery of getting the tubes tied. So I'll go... If, will you take care of me? Okay, great. Put ice pack on my balls. Yeah, bring me a sandwich a couple of times a day and something to drink, some pain pills. Let me lay on the couch for a couple of days in a jock strap with with ice on my balls, and I'll be good. But no more. No, 
Mm-mm. No girls. No. I, I love my girls. I love them. Oh, I love but two them. is enough. I love them. I have three. I said, yeah, together we have five <laughs> girls and one boy. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet, but they're, they're definitely a blessing in disguise. Oh yes, I. I, I wouldn't take back my girls like at all whatsoever. I, I have loved each one of them in their own unique way. The first one was a stepdaughter. The next two were daughters with my first wife. They were the only two that are actually mine. And then the two in this house are 19 and 14, my stepdaughters as well. So I started off as a stepdaddy. Don't do it. (laughs) I don't care who you are out there. Don't do it. Anyway. The way I look at it is um, when I get old and either get too lazy to take care of myself or oh you know whatever i always have girls around me to make sure they're bossing me around and keeping me busy <laughs> they're good at that i'll make sure when i when it come retirement time I, I do nothing but harass them to make up for the lost time amen to that <laughs> now james uh, we've talked about the past can we move towards more towards the present of how you how much you have recovered what you've done to recover what advice you can give others i mean just just to say how where i was maybe not even a full year ago i was laying in bed curled up in a ball shaking and crying and it's because my depression, my anxiety, my PTSD brought me to where I was fighting a pure evil spirit on his own in his own territory, and that's not how you defeat an evil spirit like that. You you bring him in front of you, bring him in your territory, and you charge right through him. I mean, it's, I, I make it sound a lot easier than it is, but that's what you have to do, and you have to have the right mindset. You have to be able to look in the mirror and be like, this is what I need to change, and this is how I need to move forward. You're willing to work on it. And you push through it. I mean, God doesn't put anything in your path that you can't handle. I mean, I've lost many brothers over the years from suicide, from combat. And you have to move forward. If you keep on looking back, the body goes and the mind goes where the head goes. And you have to move forward. If you see an improvement, you have to fix it. You have to move forward in the best possible light. Like, I go to church. I mean, I got to the point before my shoulder, I messed up my shoulder working out, where I was working out every day. I was doing yoga every day. I was meditating every day. Um, Like clockwork. Um, I mean, I hate running. Um, Marine Corps ruined. I mean, I was a soccer player. Like I'm no, I'm no 
um, stranger to running. But it's, it, I got to the point where, like, I said, screw it. I'm going for a run. I mean, I only lasted two blocks. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, you know, where there's no pain, there's no gain. And nothing is easy. If it's easy to grab, it's not worth it. Um, you just have to... You can either have a victim mentality or you can have a victor mentality. You choose. That's with anybody. You can either play victim or you can say, screw that. I'm not a victim. I chose my path. It's now time for me to deal with my my path and my demons and move forward. I mean, you can't fight evil I mean, it's pure evil. Like, I've never felt... I'd rather be in 10 firefights a day than deal with that evil ever again. Ever again. That enemy that's in your it's head. Just, it's not even that. It, what The enemy that's in your head brings you... It's the messenger for evil. Like, a year ago... I was battling pure evil on its in its own territory. You can't do that. You'll never win until I learned that you have to bring them in front of you and do what you were trained to do. Um, we just you have to attack. I mean, you can't play victim, victim, go, you know, go curl up on a ball in a corner. You can't do that with PTSD. I mean, you have to face your demons. doesn't matter how big or small, because if you tuck them away, like I did for many years, and said, oh, I'm good, you know, I'm just going to tuck, you know, when in reality, you're running from them. And... They just, they will always catch up. And it's always when you least expect it, then your worst fears come reality. And you have to move forward. You have to fight like hell to get there. You have to. There's no other way around it. There's no other way. And places like Camp Hope do that. They make you face your demons and move forward. And make you to a better person. I mean, the last person... I mean, the last time I went to Camp Hope, I... You know, it was a night. We all had chow together. And, other, in other words, dinner. Um... And then, you know, there's someone getting out of the program that graduated the program, and he told his story. And it was just like, wow. Like, you're not the only one going through this shit. I mean, we all go through it. I mean, some people get it from whatever, you know, civilians get it every day from a traumatic experience. But I can only speak as a combat veteran, and because that's all I know. 
but you have to face your past and move forward. And you, there's no way around it. So, where you're at now, I know the church that we all go to does a special memorial service and they will ask veterans to stand and so we can salute them. I know it took her a long time to stand. Though she knew she was military, she didn't feel like she did anything and she deserved that recognition. Do you feel that you would be able to stand and... I stand every time. Okay. doesn't matter if I want to or not. Like When my kids have a memorial service at their school... You know, they're like, you know, beforehand, they're like, all right, anybody in the families that are military, we want to honor Mm -hmm. past or present. And I go up there. I I hate being in, like, public Mm -hmm. and getting the recognition. It doesn't matter if it's my birthday and I'm at a restaurant. Like, I'll straight up walk out, like, period. I don't care. And, but that moment, I go up there. And I even know I hate it. I do it just because as a combat veteran for my brothers that we have lost, I do it for them. Mm-hmm. Because they're unable to stand with their families. They're they're unable to live the life that I have the privilege to do. Right. You know, I've been blown up, I've been shot at. I've been a bunch of different stuff. Mm. But for those brothers that I've lost, I do it for them. It's not about me. Yeah, I was raised, we don't give enough respect to those that give all. So that any time I see someone in uniform, I was raised to thank them for their service and their sacrifice. I had a, a brother. I have a brother that my son's actually named after. Um, he's from McAllen, Texas. There's a library named after him. He was never drank a sip in his life of alcohol, by the way. Right. Um, never smoked a cigarette, never had sex, never anything. He wanted to save everything and he wanted to get out and join the Border Patrol. <laughs> I mean, he's from upper, I consider upper Mexico, but Mm. where, you know, it's, and he gave his life. The biggest thing he wanted was to be in a firefight. And he passed away his first firefight. And that was the roughest experience. It was... April 1st of 2004, when that happened, we just took over the AO from, so in other words, in English, um, area of operations from the army. We just relieved them. And I think maybe it was the second or third uh, time outside the wire. Um, and they got ambushed. Yeah. And they were led by the Iraqi police. 
and two they ambush. And, I mean, they had air support. I mean, but air support, I mean, crap, when you have two RPKs shooting at you at full go. Um, and he was shot in the shoulder. It was his first round that hit him. He got right back up. And the next round hit him in the head. Wrapped around the inside of his skull and came out the other side of his skull. And that was a man that I cherished. I mean, we went, we didn't go through boot camp together, but we went to school of infantry together. Right. We went, I mean, we were rack mates when we hit the fleet. I mean, we were together so much. I mean, we didn't always get along. I mean, he beat me in ground fighting once just because he grabbed me by the throat. Cheap shot. <laughs> it is what it is. The Marine Corps doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, we ground fight for PT. We fight for PT. If we don't rot, we're running, we're fighting. It's just how we're programmed. But, you know, he gave his life. And he's never had a drink. Yeah. Like we are now. He's never had a cigarette. He's never made love to a woman he loved. Yeah. He's never done any of that, you know. And it's for people like him and other my other brothers that I stand up for those times, even though I don't like the acknowledgement. Because it's, to me, it's not about me. There's no me and team. I mean, it's spelled backwards a little bit if you want to rearrange some letters, but... There's no I in team. Absolutely not. But team martinis. <laughs> you, you do know the letters in team do end up making up part of meathead <laughs> true that but it's you know it's it's i'm i'm living for the brothers that gave their lives for the freedoms we have and yeah. we everybody takes advantage of every day and that's who it's about to me it's not about me well, I know for me, the reason why I didn't stand is because I didn't feel like I was worthy of the respect because I wasn't proud of what I did. So it took me a while to be okay with what I did, to be okay with being acknowledged. I, even sitting in an office is serving. Even I, I can remember her sending home video of the auto turrets knocking all the mortars out of the sky. That's not something you see as a civilian. No. And that was a daily occurrence. Oh, yeah. Daily. We, we got mortared very occasionally. Very they, they actually had shirts made almost. up called Mortaritaville. Yeah. Well, from a uh, mostly civilian point of view, let me tell you, yes, everything you do matters. Anyone who serves matters. All right. I, I went into the Navy. I lasted seven and a half months. For that was the process of being discharged. So uh, I'm the one who really doesn't deserve the recognition, even though I made the attempt. Some people say, hey, you know, at least you tried. Yeah, I, I, I tried. But when you get in there and, and you actually do serve and you stay in your time, it doesn't matter what job you're doing. Every single job is important. I couldn't do my job with people without you, like you. Put it that way. So, since we did bring up Camp Hope, I feel like we educate people on what it is. 
It's an awesome place. All right. Here's some statistics about the PTSD Foundation of America. Since June 1st of 2010, 1,348 veterans have gone through the Camp Hope program. About 70% of their participants meet the uh, U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development's definition of homelessness. 84% of the residents have a substance abuse issue. Now, there are some statistics within the veterans community that People may have heard, they may not. Um, what they've got on here is 20.6 veterans a day committed commit suicide nationwide. That's sad. That, that was as of... Reach uh, out to your brothers and sisters. We're here for you. And it's now up to 23, because that was five years ago that that study was done. Um. Vietnam War, they had 58,272 combat-related deaths. Now, approximately 250,000 Vietnam vets have been lost to suicide since the end of the war. Yeah. Almost five times as many. Mm-hmm. You know, that was hell for them. Vietnam. Mm-hmm. That was bad. In 2009, suicide deaths among active duty surpassed combat-related deaths, and the suicide rate continues to climb. The 2015 report showed 1.3 suicides daily among those still wearing the uniform. And the suicide rate in the veteran population is over twice that of the civilian population. For civilians, it's 14 per 100,000. For veterans, it's 30. I'm going to tell you all this. If y'all need a brother, y'all can reach out to me. Please do. There's no reason to take your own life. There's no reason. Where you're not alone, you are lovable. And your fellow, doesn't matter if we serve with you or not, doesn't matter when you served or anything like that. That's all. That's, that's, that's just those many deaths is not necessary. Uh, like where you have a brotherhood and a sisterhood that surpasses what you will ever know. And please reach out. And if you are somebody, don't think that Campo was just in Houston. I'm going to go ahead and list off the chapters that they do have nationwide. Uh, they've got Phoenix, uh, Southern California, Colorado Springs, Atlanta, Charlotte, North Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. There's a Dallas-Fort Worth chapter. Central Texas, comprising of Austin, Colleen, and Fort Hood, Waco area. Uh, Corpus Christi and Rockport in South Texas. San Antonio and Abilene in West Texas. Um, In warrior and family groups throughout the chapters, as of last year, they had 9,620 veterans attend the warrior groups. They held 4,628 one-on-one sessions and 1,716 spouses attend family groups. And if you're not aware, uh, Camp Hope and the PTSD Foundation do, they don't just help the the veterans. Uh, It is a faith-based program that does, uh, they, they help the families as well, the spouses, the children. Now they will come get you. 
they oh, yeah. will pay your they will pay your transportation to come get you. You're not alone. Now there's there's actually a story that I've heard that I can't personally confirm, but at least at least once there has been one guy who was so bad on the edge they sent some veterans out there in a van and broke into his house grabbed him threw a bag over his head tied him up threw him in the van and got him there because he was about to kill himself Semper Fi Uh always faithful you go and you save that brother Mm-hmm. It's not that somebody else is about to kill him. He's about to take himself out. I've, I've been there. You just want the war to end in your head. You just want the battle to end. You just you want it to end. You want to live a normal life as you wish or an average life. And it's not easy to get there. But just know you have everybody behind you to do it. So, on a lighter note, I heard you recently got a dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Moose. <laughs> Every bit of the word. <laughs> yeah, that's about as big as a caribou. For sure. <laughs> he's a 75-pound pit bull. He's a blue sweetheart. He's a, he's a master mix, and he's just a gentle giant. I mean, Lexi, a little Two and a half, five, maybe five. Finally got into it, and Lexi won. (laughs) Little five pound dog. (laughs) Maybe she takes bigger poops than that. (laughs) Anytime she walks up to the water bowl, he like averts his eyes and walks away. (laughs) To be fair, she was trained by a black chow (laughs) when she tried to take a snack out of his mouth. There's a program out there called Train a Dog, Save a Warrior. Um, Tad's all for short and basically I'm just starting the program and basically you go to an animal shelter you go pick out a dog whichever one you connect with and feel most comfortable with and they Tad's all pays for pays for the uh, training to turn it into a service animal that means federal law protects you. You can take the dog wherever you go and protects in that dog. You can train that dog. Like, for example, perfect example. I hate when people are behind me. I hate it. Um, I like when I go to a restaurant, like my back's to the wall. Um, just so I can see everybody. My eyes are always scanning. With reason. Um, and you can train where you can train that dog to go behind you and have your six. And that alone, I cannot wait to get there. I mean, it's a six to eight month. I mean, it lasts as long as you and the dog, um, as long as... Like, coexist. Yeah, co- coexist, but, you know, as long as the training, um, as long as the training has to last... And they find a trainer in your area somewhere. I mean, I, so live, in, I live in an hour from my trainer. So. <laughs> is there not one in the Conroe area? There is. There, the, there, I, I live in Richmond. Area. I live in Richmond, oh, okay, so okay. that's southwest. Okay. <laughs> and his trainer is near Conroe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, I mean, it gives me more, more excuse to come see Brittany. Not like I need one. But, I mm. mean, it, it, I mean... 
Just to have the dog, just to have a moose around me, like... And I'm sure the dog can lift your spirits, too. Oh, absolutely. He, he does it automatically. I mean, I had to jump on his butt last night, but, I mean, he's he's my dog. <laughs> he's just thankful you saved him from certain death. Yeah, you're saving, saving each, each other. other. Yeah, because, yeah, well, and, and the fact that you picked a pit bull. I love you, pets. I love pets. That and rocks. I've had family full of pets, but they get a bad stigmatism. Just like oh, I, yeah. I personally had a black chow, even though I have a scar from a different one. All right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's, it's, they're just fantastic, lovable dogs. Everybody's in, somewhat intimidated from them. But oh, they used to be the nanny puppies. dog. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Back in the 20s, 1920s, and 30s. These what, 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 little Rascals, what was that dog's name? Um, it was a rat terrier. Right? No. No. Lexi no, was no, all the yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm an idiot. Well, if anybody's <laughs> interested in Tadsaw, train a dog, save a warrior. Just uh, It's an acronym, T-A-D-S-A-W dot O-R-G, Tadsaw.org. Uh, you want a faster response? I mean, you can go to their website. You can follow them on Facebook. You want a faster response? Call Bert Sherwood at 210-643-2901. Or please donate to them because it's a, a nonprofit organization. They go right. off to nations, and it costs an average of say three or four grand to train these dogs. And they definitely need all the help they can get. And, and he can't. is very straightforward. He doesn't BS. Um, so if you get your feelings hurt easily, please take a. To, then you're not much of a veteran. <laughs> You're not, you you need some bigger you need to put some bigger panties on or something. But he's very straightforward, he's very honest, he tells you what he thinks. Like I'm a big fan of pits. Like uh, pits are the some of the best dogs you can have. And he asked me, he goes, So what kind of dog are you looking for? I was like, Well I'd love a pit. He goes, Well if it has four four paws and a tail, that's all that matters to me. And it's just little stuff like that. You, you, he's a very straightforward person. I respect the hell out of him. He is a veteran himself. That's why he speaks the way he does. But he's, he's good. There's a little bit of hoops to go through. I deal with the VA. Um, the one somewhat. No, I live in Richmond. Okay. But my my therapist gave me a gave me the script for it. You can literally do it all electronically, too. You can do it electronically. I mean, I'm not computer savvy, but here Brittany is. So she she did it right off her smartphone. Um, It's You have to jump through a couple hurdles, but the hurdles are very well worth it. Like if, he, if that's something what, two, that three days maybe um, uh, training's two three days weeks to get his dog from start yeah. to finish. Okay, but, that, but, I was just trying to get the information out there. But um, I mean, as soon as you sign up for the program, get approved, just go pick a dog. I decided to wait just to see how much they paid for. But um, I mean, you pay for the dog; they pay for the training. So, but they also have private foster homes, so they do have dogs that they'll recommend, which is where he got moose. And we did like research for shelters for like a month before. Yeah, I mean, Brittany here took me on my birthday weekend. I took off my birthday weekend for to spend time. It's my only weekend I've ever taken off for my birthday. 
uh, and she took me around to animal shelters just looking for a dog to that I had a good connection with. So um, you just, I mean, there's so many programs out there for you, and you can tailor those programs to your specific needs. There's no reason for this suicide rate. All right, James. Let's say you come upon one of your brothers. He's on the brink. You've got two minutes to stop him. And there's somebody out there who might be hearing this. I'll give you the floor, brother. I'd start off by talking to him. I mean, the brotherhood's very strong. Um, and to see, let him direct you. Um, what he's feeling, what uh, I would I honestly start off talking, giving specifics about what I've been through, so he understands he or she understands what I've been through. You're talking to him right now. Imagine, and I've seen a bunch of shit, done a bunch of shit that I regret, um, and just, I mean, just talk. That helps so much, this talking, this communicating. I mean, God gave us a mouth for just not to eat, but to to communicate. I mean, especially with somebody you know and you trust. Even if you don't know, go up to the VFW. Go up to your local VA. I mean, you got World War II veterans that go in there on a daily. Vietnam veterans, Korean veterans. The Gulf War, the first one, we're just exiting the second one. But, you know, you just, just, you have so many. You'd be surprised how many veterans are out there. It's, it's, if you want to ever feel humble and at home, go to a VA hospital. You will see so many generations of veterans, brothers and sisters, um, just, Please, please, you can even give me a call. I'll give you my phone number. It's 832-729-4350. Just give me a call. I don't care who you are, what your what skin color, religion. I don't give a shit. Um, just give me a call. That's There's no reason to take your own life. I all, know you all want branches to, are welcome. Oh, please. Yeah, there's, I mean, you... You, you're not alone. You are not alone. Please reach out. And if watch, I'll blow up my phone. It's turned off by now, by the way, <laughs> for this interview. Well, if, so if you cannot reach James and you are in a moment of crisis, you just need somebody to talk to. Uh, Camp Hope and the PTSD Foundation. They're awesome, by the way. I highly recommend them. They have a 24-hour helpline that is manned by combat veterans who have been through what you're going through right now. Every single moment of the day, they are manned by somebody who's been through what you are going through right now. Reach out to them. Their number is 877-717-PTSD. That's 877-717-7873. Or... And if you're looking to donate, go to ptsdusa.org, ptsdusa.org. 
they deserve all the help they can get. Like I said, go find that uh, GoFundMe page with Mattress Mac. And also help Tad Soul out too. Absolutely. They've yes. been a huge help. Like I, um, in November, December ish, I went to the hospital because of the VA meds they put me on. I was in the hospital for heart complications because yeah, they're crappy ass meds. Too many different medications conflicting. No, it's mainly Zoloft. It's like being on Coke the entire time you're awake. But, you know, I ended up nearly having a heart attack, and I was home alone. And, you know, thankfully I'm still here, obviously. But, you know, I'm doing everything I can to prevent me from going back to that dark place. And without medications. And Tatsall has opened a huge light for me. It's like a big, big big-ass spotlight on me. You know, there's so many organizations, there's so many people. Please reach out. There's no reason to take your own life. You defended your life and the people to your comrades to left and right. There's no reason. Call one of your boys, call whoever. You know, we please just give me a call. I don't care if I know you or not. You know, I'll get to know you. And if you're local, shit, we'll meet up, have, have a beer, or go dra- grab a cup of coffee, go to Starbucks, and go. we'll go to the park and walk around the 100 times during, around the park. I don't care. Just, you know, reach out. There's so many people around you that can help you. You know, you're not alone. You are loved and you are cared for. There's no reason not to. Not to. Brittany, any final words from you? No. I think you said it pretty good. I think so, too. How about you, Chris? I'm good. We're good? Yeah. All right, people. Remember to check out both of those very fine organizations. Uh, Everything you donate to Camp Hope or Tadsaw gets put to use. This ain't no Red Cross. Amen. Tadsaw.org, T-A-D-S-A-W, and PTSD, PTSDUSA.org. That phone number again, if you need help right now, 877-717-PTSD, 7873. Thank you all for your service. Thank the two of you. God bless you both. Amen. Everybody, get help if you need it. If you know somebody that needs help, reach out. On that note, God bless America. God bless our veterans.